This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. The character Pastor wants to introduce to you in these next four days of teaching does not respond to tears, complaints, or pleading, but how he accomplishes his goals will amaze you. He's known as Satan, the father of lies. As the commander of an evil army sworn to do his bidding, he longs to make God's people ineffective, neutralizing them for God's use. His only desire is to bring you destruction, trouble, and heartache, and to knock you out of the game. Pastor warns, don't bite the bait or open the door of your heart to let him in. Rather, we see great hope as Pastor shows us how the battle can be won with only God's word fiercely fought right at the very gates of hell. Let's hear more about why Pastor warns, when you can see this enemy's paw print, be on guard. He's near and ready to destroy you. We're going to talk about three very famous temptations that Jesus went through. But notice the Bible says he was tempted for 40 days. Don't read this thinking that he was just hanging out in the desert, having a good time and eating, you know, honey and whatever. He was, he was being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. The enemy unleashed every kind of temptation he could unleash upon Jesus. But what the scripture teaches us is that he was tempted in every way that we are. Yet he did not sin. He took and had the victory over every one of those temptations. And that's why we now know Jesus and, and he, he calls himself and we see him, the scriptures call him as a sympathetic high priest who was tempted in all ways as you and I are. See, he understands what it is for a human to be tested and tried and tempted by the devil. But what Jesus is waiting for what Jesus wants to see in the life of every believer, that you would understand that he bled his precious blood to give you the authority and the power over every trap, trick, scheme, plan, booby trap of the devil. That you don't have to become fodder for the enemy. That you have the power and the right to use that authority and power in his name. So for 40 days, he's being hit by the, by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, they had ended, he was hungry. So the devil, for 40 days, 40 nights, is barraging and, and the temptations ended. But it wasn't, it wasn't over yet. Just because you go through a time and you think the battle is over, get ready because there's another one coming. And it says he was hungry. Now listen. And the devil came to him and said... If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes or proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, isn't it interesting? One of the things that I learned, many things you can learn from these verses. 
But one of the things that I learned from this verse is that the devil knew exactly what Jesus was hungry for and he tempted him with what he, with what he was hungry for. You better be careful what you're hungry for because the devil knows what your appetite is and he will try to bring and try to get you to do and to act upon that hunger. That, that's why we as believers must stay hungry for God. Stay hungry for righteousness. Stay hungry for the good things of God and not for the passions of this world because whatever it is that you hunger for, the devil, devil will try to tempt you to turn it into reality in your life. He knew that Jesus was hungry. And he comes and says, if you're the son of God, then go ahead, you can turn these stones into bread. And this is resounding here because re notice he comes with the if. If you are the son of God. If you are the son. Listen, and, and it resounds, it shows itself again. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. If you are the son of God, I, listen, it would be like someone saying, you know, uh, trying to contest whether I'm the pastor of the church. I, I am, you can't talk me out of the fact that I'm the pastor of the church. My name is on all the documents. <laughs> Have you seen the letterhead lately? Have you been to the website? My name is there. It says pastor after my name. You can't tell me. See, and, and this is how the devil, devil tries, he, he works in the realm of getting people to question even their own identity. If you are the son of God, if you are this man of God, if you are, see, trying to, trying to mess with your own identity in Christ. Don't let the devil mess you up. Don't let him mess you up. If you are the son of God, always comes with doubt, trying to get you to doubt yourself. Well, maybe I'm really not saved. Maybe I'm really not this. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not going to be healed. Maybe this is not going to happen. Don't you doubt it for a minute because the devil will always come with the element of doubt trying to get you to, to disbelieve or to, to doubt yourself. I found right here in, in these verses is what the devil was trying to do is he, he didn't know the fullness of the plan, but he knew that Jesus, something awesome had just happened in Jesus' life and he's about to fulfill the purpose for which he came, the plan, the vision. And what he does is now he starts hitting him in the desert with every kind of temptation, every kind of, to kind of wear him down, to try to get him discouraged. Then he hits him at the end with these three major temptations where he actually tries to get Jesus to bow down to him. You see, the thing that I learned is that this is a, what I call a threefold plan of the devil in the lives of Christians. It's called discouragement, it's called doubt, and it's called compromise. If he can discourage you, he can get you to the place of doubt. You begin to doubt yourself. You begin to doubt whether you heard from God. You begin to doubt all of the good things that God has invested in you, all of your, all of your gifts and talents and abilities. When you get discouraged, it'll bring you to the realm of doubt and if you hang out in doubt long enough, it'll bring you to the place of compromise. It means I could have had this, but I settled for this. I could have been here, but because the way was just too tough and the devil gave me too much of a hard time and I bit the bait, I decided to settle for down here somewhere instead of going 
for the best that God has for you. And this is what he was, he was trying to persuade Jesus from the plan, from the destiny, from the purpose that, that God had put Jesus in, in this earth. And this, this is here as a pattern. This is the warfare that you and I face every day. Don't you know the devil doesn't want you to finish your course. He doesn't want that gift to be used for the purposes of building the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you to live because if you live, you might, you might get somebody saved. You might, you might bless another soul. You might help somebody. You might, you might do something awesome for the kingdom of God. He wants to come to try to discourage you, to get you to doubt and disbelieve the word of God so that ultimately you will compromise. You will give in. You will throw up the white flag. You will surrender and you will back off. And thus he wins. Can't tell you the amount of warfare that, that I had. I mean, I, I, heard, I heard some foolish young person said something recently about me. Just came through by way of the it angered the socks off me. I said, "Why is this angering me so much?" He says something about something real silly. He says, "Oh, Pastor Ray doesn't like confrontation." Son, let me tell you something. You want to know confrontation? And Pastor Ray. Let's sit down for a couple of hours and I'll show you confrontation. You'll hear about things that you probably would have picked up your toys and ran away. You would have picked up your little binky and your, and your blanket and ran away. Don't talk to me about confrontation because I've not only con- confronted people worse than that, I've had to confront the devil himself because he was contending for this house and for this place and for my ministry and for my purpose and for my destiny and my future. And I've had to fight him every step of the way. Confrontation. Don't talk to me. Don't, don't, don't look so foolish and sound so foolish to say something like that. You find a man or a woman or anybody who's done something for the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of God, especially ministers today. I don't believe that the ministers today get enough respect because people don't realize the warfare that they fight to have the right to stand in the pulpit, to have the right to hold this holy book. I know others, and I've seen them throughout the years, turned and ran away because they couldn't handle the... And they, listen, I'll be, very, I'll be 100%. There have been many times when I thought about running away. So I don't need this. God said, no, you don't need it. You have to do it. Because I called you to do it. Don't abandon the position that I've put you in. I've raised you up. And I will keep you standing. Hallelujah. No matter what the devil throws your way. Use the authority that you have. So that, that one ended. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So... As natural food, now listen, this is really important for somebody to understand because some of you don't have enough respect for this book. Amen. I'm not against devices, but you better not, you, you better not throw away the book. You better learn how to use this book because someday somebody might flip a switch and all these devices go blank. How are you going to know how to find the word? How are you going to know where to go? I'm being, I'm being dead honest with you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean this lightly or as a joke or trying to evoke a hand clap. I'm dead serious. The devices are great, but you better learn how to use this book. Because if you don't know how to use this book, you're lost. But you see, some of you don't have enough respect for the Word of God and understand that this is life. 
Jesus just said it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what, what was he saying? N natural bread sustains natural life. And by the looks of it, some of you are really eating the bread. <laughs> and you are growing bigger physically. Likewise, the Word of God is spiritual food that if you would ingest it at the same rate you're ingesting natural food or at a bigger rate, you would then begin to grow spiritually. Learn it. That's why you got to be in the book. Every time you read this, you're feeding your spirit. Every time you listen to a message, you're feeding your spirit. Every time you sit here on a Sunday, you know, some of you are thinking about, okay, he's preaching too long, I got to, wait a minute, you're missing the best meal of the day. This is your spiritual meal. You're, you, won't go, you won't go physically hungry, your belly's growling, don't worry about it. Some of you need to let your belly growl a little bit. You've got enough on you to sustain you for quite a while. I mean it in love. So he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right. Then the devil, taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I want. Now, this is proof right here that, that the devil is in charge of this world. He's called the God of this world. He was also referred to as the prince of this world. So he is, see, people say, well, God is in control. God, God is not in control. If God is in control of this earth, we're in big trouble. Do you think God is in control of all this sickness in the world? all this stuff that's going on. I'll tell you who God is in control of. God is in control of every person who has given their life to him and has surrendered control to him. That's who God is in control. He's, like, he's, he, he's not the guy. He owns it, but the devil has the lease on it. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Man took what was intended for man and gave it and tricked, the devil tricked him and gave it to the enemy. And, and the devil now holds, so to, so to speak, holds the lease. on. It still belongs to God. There's a day coming that you've read about when Jesus is coming back to the earth and he's going to remake the earth and he will set up his kingdom on this earth. That will be the day and the devil will be disposed of. And that will be the day that all things are restored to the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. Now, that's really deep and we don't have time to get into all of that. That's right. But that is the story. One day, you know, you hear people, Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming two times. He's coming to snatch us away the first time, the rapture. He's coming back the second time to deal with the devil once and for all and to remake this earth and set up the earth the way it was set up back in the Garden of Eden and the way it was intended. That's a lot of stuff to give you on a Sunday morning. But, but when he said, when Jesus, when, when the devil... <laughs> so the devil wasn't kidding. He could give him the authority. He could do this. 
And verse 7 says, therefore, if you will worship before me. Now, isn't it interesting that the devil was trying to be like God in the book, and he's still trying to be like God, so deceived. So he says, therefore, if you will worship me, all this will be yours. And Now, listen, Jesus didn't even entertain the thought. I want you to get it. He didn't even think, well, let me think about this. Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe if I do this, you know, I know the preacher has been preaching against this, but maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's wrong. I know I read it in the Bible, but maybe there's misinterpretation. There's got to be more meaning to this. Let me entertain this for a while. Jesus didn't even entertain the temptation, but rather he looked at the devil and he said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Notice that he's just speaking the word. He's not entering into an a verbal argument with him. He's giving him the word. He's hurling. Why? Because the word is active and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. The word is your weapon. This is your weapon. This is what you have to fight and, and to pull, push back the forces of darkness. You're not, you're not going to stand before the devil and say, get away from me. What, are you kidding me? You can sit there and stomp your foot at the devil all you want. He doesn't respond to that. He responds to the authority of God's word that's invested in you and me. And Jesus gave us the authority to enforce this. It's just like the government, right? The government establishes the laws. The police force then has the authority which has been conferred upon them by the government to enforce those laws. And when they stop somebody, they say the law says that you're doing, the law says that the speed limit is, is 30, but you're doing 45. Therefore, I have the right to stop you and use my authority because you are violating the law. He doesn't make the law. All he's doing is enforcing the law. Why can he enforce the law? Because he's been given the authority by the governing agency. God is the governing agency of the whole universe. And he gave the authority through Jesus Christ to you and to me to stand our ground and to whip the devil with the word of God. The devil will not submit to your word, but he will submit to the word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. So now, he goes on to verse 9. I'll be finished in a minute. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, if you, there he is again, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And can I, I, just, can I just say something? I, I just want, maybe somebody needs to hear this. Suicide is a device of the devil. I curse that thought and that temptation in anyone's life who's here or watching, I curse it in the name of Jesus because it is a lie from the pit of hell. And I take authority over it and bind it in your thinking and in your mind. It doesn't cure a thing. All it does is submit to the enemy. That's his plan, to try to wipe you out. He's trying to wipe you out. You're anointed. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a future. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Verse 12. 
And notice that Jesus didn't even entertain the thought. This is why you got to be in the book, because you got to know what's of God and what is not of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, at this point, Jesus said, hold it. Now you've, now you've gone too far. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus knew who the devil was and devil knew who Jesus was. And Jesus took his authority right there and said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And, and the enemy left. But listen, verse 13. Now the devil had ended every temptation because Jesus whipped him every time. Temptation came, he, took, he, he whipped it, he stopped it, he resisted it, right? Go back to our pivotal verse. Resist the devil, he will flee from you, right? Be, be sober, be vigilant. Your devil, your adversary, the devil's roaring around like a roaring lion, seeking him desire. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Resist him, standing firm. This is what Jesus proved and this is what he did as he fought the devil in the desert. Resist him, being being. It's firm in the faith. Now, hold on to your faith. Be strong in your faith. So it says that now that when the tempt everything had ended, every temptation, the devil left. He departed from Jesus. Now, notice what the next verse, the next words say. Until an opportune time. In other words, just because you fought this battle doesn't mean he didn't come back for another round. And he's looking for an opportunity to come in. He's looking. So, right. Thank you. It comes back to our original be vigilant, be sober, because your adversary, the devil, roams around. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing in the world, say, oh, this, this devil stuff freaks me out. Nothing to be afraid of at all. As a matter of fact, what you ought to do is you, you, ought, to, you, ought, to, you ought to rise up in the authority. You ought to rise up in the anointing. You ought to rise up in, 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 in the power of God's word. And put the devil on. He's the one that ought to be afraid of you. Not you afraid of him because you, the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of you. You have the power. You have the authority. You have the right, the privilege to put him in his place. If you take that right and take that privilege and not just let everything he dumps on you suck it up and, and say, oh, let me entertain it. Let me think about it. Oh, that feels good. The thought of that sounds good. Resist him on the onset. Stand your ground. After you've done all to stand, the Bible says, stand therefore and keep on fighting. Hold fast your position. Don't let the devil steal your dream, your vision, your future. Don't let him uh, hold back your gifts, your talents, your abilities, because he's got you doubting yourself, doubting God, uh, biting the bait of every booby trap trick and every stupid thing that he wants to unleash on God's people. It's time for us to be sober, to be vigilant, to be totally aware that he exists and he roams and he tries, but doesn't matter. We have authority. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.